are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Open your Bible, please, if you will, uh, to Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 20. I want you to think with me. I want you to think this morning about two simple words for young and old. Two words. Follow me. Follow me. In Matthew 4 and verse 18, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. I could read on for more of the story, but you know what? Underscore in your Bible these words, follow me, follow me, follow me. I have people quite often come to me and make a compliment on some of my messages, but they always say about the same thing. They say, Brother Robertson, you make it so simple that anyone can understand it. Well, that's the objective of all preaching. You want to understand, don't you? I do make it simple. And uh, at first I resented that word a wee bit, that word simple. But then I changed my mind. I began to read about my Lord and the beautiful simplicity of the words of Christ. Amen. Imagine, you follow me, follow me, follow me, and I'll make you fish of men. They left all and they followed him. Now, I was saved at 14 years of age, led to Christ by a little Sunday school teacher named Mrs. Daisy Halls in Louisville, Kentucky. I'd never gone to church in my life. Didn't have a Bible. 14 years of age. Yeah, in our home, we never went near a church. But I went one time. And in that first time in the class, she told me how to be saved. How to be born again. And I listened. I went back again. And after hearing this lady twice, I accepted Christ as my Savior. I said, I know he died for me. I'll trust him now. And I knew I was saved and born again. And thank God. And when I came forward in the church, the old Cedar Creek Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky, and took my stand for Christ, my mother and father were there. I didn't know they were there. But by accident, they, they decided to go to church after I went to Sunday school there two times. And they came and sat way back in the back. And when, they, when, when I came down the front, they came down when they were saved on that day. And on and on. Now, at 18 years of age, my pastor Jen Vinford preached a message on the call of God. I'd never heard that before. And God touched my heart. And I believe that God called me on that message on that Sunday morning in the old Cedar Creek Church. When he spoke on the call of God, I went forward down to the front. And I said, Pastor, I don't understand it, but I believe God's called me. I was then 18 years of age. And uh, I, I said, this is something I never thought of doing. But if God's called me, then I want to do what God says. And he said, God bless you. He said, I believe God's called you. And he had me stand right in front of the church. And I stood there, and he said to the audience, this young man feels called of God, and is here to answer the call, and he said, maybe there are others like that. And so they sang a verse of a song, and as they sang, eight of my friends that I knew from high school in Louisville came forward, eight young men, and four stood on this side of me and four on this side of me. And all nine of us were standing there in tears, saying that God had called us. Now here's the sad part of it all. I'm the only one that preached. The others turned away. 
One man came up to me as I stood there and, uh, and Bennett Wishmayer said, young man, if God has called you, don't dare do anything else. Do what God says. I thank him for it. That man was a big businessman of the city. And, uh, and he walked on his way. But the others turned away. The boy right by my side named Emmons, a good friend of mine, passed his 30th birthday, walked down the back of his house, took a rifle, put up his head and killed himself. And the others are all gone as far as I know, except one on the left side named Russell Miller may be living. If he is, he's my age and is living in the federal penitentiary Atlanta, Georgia. He was sent to there many years ago for life. Russell Miller. And all gone. Now, wait a minute. I answered the call of God. I said, Lord, if you've called me, I want to do what you say. Now, this should be the desire of every one of us to follow Christ. I believe that God has a definite work for every Christian. Not just for ordained preacher, but for every Christian. Amen. For example, every Christian ought to be a witness. And that's one thing he's called you to do. Now, if you're saved, no matter how timid you are, how uneducated you may be, how much you may fear the business, you're to go out and tell people about Christ. And you're to be a witness for him. And this is it. And to follow Christ should be the aim of every one of us. To follow Jesus. To, he said, come and follow me. And to follow him. To follow him in baptism. To follow him in, in worship. To follow him in our giving. To follow him in, in our service. To follow him in every daily living. We follow him. Now, this matter of following Christ will do something for you. For example, following Christ will make people decent. We need that today. Amen. In this rough, tough, nasty day in which we live. We need people to be decent. Plain decent. Not cursing, profane, drunken, sprawling, wicked people. But we need folks who are living decent lives. And living. then following Him will make people sober. Millions are falling victim to the strong drink of this day. Whiskey, liquor on every hand. Following him. Then following him will make people honest. Honest in the payment of their bills and the keeping of their promises. And following him will improve every home no matter what their problem may be. Did you get that? Following him. Isn't that a simple thing? That could have changed O.J. Simpson's home. I don't think of that. The mere entrance of the Lord Jesus Christ into the hearts of that home for O.J. and his wife and all the background that you know about, you read about, you've seen on TV, everywhere in the world, all of that can be changed for one thing but Christ. Simply following Him. Following Him will settle youth problems. You have your problems. They're there today, but following Him will empty every jail, destroy every electric chair, Drop every war if you follow him. What an honor to follow him. Following him gives reality to life. There are dangers everywhere. But when you follow him, you're in the place of safety. Following him gives power to your life. He said, all power is given to me, go ye therefore. Following him gives happiness and peace. Now on on we go. Now let me place the matter before you in four words. Number one, write it down please. Follow him in dedication. Put down the word dedication. Christ was wholly dedicated to the Father and to the Father's will. Now this fully illustrated in his prayer in Gethsemane. He said, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. And you should have the same thing. Our dedication to God must be complete. 
The will uh, must be surrendered to him. Now put down the word dedication. Follow him in dedication. He calls Peter and Andrew. They left their nets and followed him. He called Saul of Tarsus. He obeyed at once, began preaching and witnessing. Now tune your ears to hear the call of God. He has a will for your life. Know his will for your life. Your life will never be complete until you say yes to the Father's will. How many people are out of the will of God? They're not in his will. They rebel against it. They refuse it. And yet you're to be in the will of God. You're to say, yes, Lord, I want your will to be to follow him in dedication. Now hold that's for every one of us. Number two, follow him in direction. Put down the word direction. He said, follow me. They left all and followed him. Can you sing the song where he leads me, I will follow? We tell more lies in church than in any place in the world. Am I right? I can have you to stand and sing. Now everyone join in. Where he leads me, I will follow. And you'll do it. And you'll sing. But do you mean it? Where he leads me, I will follow. Now let your direction come from him. Let your direction form your life. And make it what it ought to be. Pray for his direction. He will give it. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Get your direction from him. Not from family, not from friends, not from the school, not from the club, not from the newspaper, but from him. And if you'll pray unto God, he will give you direction for your life. Young man, young woman, mother, dad, old people, he'll direct your life. Amen. Don't let money decide your course. Amen. Don't let salary decide your course. Amen. Don't let pleasure change your direction. Don't let popularity decide your direction. Don't let tragedy or sorrow change your course. But you follow his direction. Now don't change but follow him. There may be dark hours of criticism. You bear them and go ahead. There may be dark hours of failure. You bear them and go on. Dark hours of loneliness. You accept them and go ahead. Dark hours of death. When death comes to you and loved ones, you keep on. Now people change. Faithful one day, unfaithful the next day. People are influenced by others. And they change. And you're to say, Lord, I want to be right. I want to be dedicated to the Lord. I want to have the right direction for my life. Where am I going? What am I doing? I spent 40 years and six months in Hollow Park Baptist Church. I had a great time. I enjoyed every bit of it. We bought land and built buildings and paid for all of them. Not a penny of debt on the church when I retired. Not a penny with every building paid for. Everything. But God led me. I had people ask me, I said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm not sure. But God has led me to the point where I feel I should retire from this ministry here and to something else God has for me. I waited on the Lord. And God began to open doors. And since that time, I've now preached in more than 1,700 different churches all over America. I'm with you today, Wednesday night to be up in Virginia and Thursday and so on. And week after week the same way. I didn't ask for any of it. But I did what God said. And I'm happy about it. Now, I love the church. I love my church. I've been 40 years and six months in one place. I saw it grow. I saw it develop. I saw things happen. And I loved it all. But God said, this is for you. And I didn't know, but I did just what he said. And I'm happy about it. Amen. And at 87, I have no regrets. I, I, I did the thing he said to do. I was simply following him. Now, let nothing change you. Keep your direction right. Your dedication and your direction. Let me come number three. Follow him in details. Follow him in details. 
He'll direct your life, even the tiniest detail of your life. Follow him in your daily devotions. Often Christ went aside to pray and converse with God. And you have the same purpose in your life. Follow him in your daily little young man, young woman, mother, dad. Follow him in your family altar. How many families are without the family altar? They've turned away. If you ever had it. And oh, have your family altar with your Bible and your prayer time. It could be in the morning, be at night, any time you want to have it. But have the family together and read the word and pray. Then follow him in tithing. Malachi 3.10, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. Don't change, don't give it up, just follow him. Follow him in the details of your life. And these are important things. I began tithing as a young man back in Louisville. I had almost nothing, but I gave a tithe. I went to my first church in Memphis, Tennessee at the old Germantown Baptist on the edge of Memphis, a beautiful big church there now, church organized in 1860. I spent a year there. They paid me 50 a month, $50 a month, total salary. And I gave a tithe of it. I had room to live in a, in a third floor of an old house on the Snowden Circle. A little, little cubby hole upstairs. And uh, didn't cost much at all. And I, I, I had a rough time. I ate a meal at a hamburger stand down the street. Hamburger, nickel apiece in that day. Nickel, I'm not joking, nickel apiece. You're too young. Nickel apiece. <laughs> and uh, coffee, five cents a cup. Figure that on today. And uh, I was going along and doing a pretty good job. But uh, I soon discovered something. I discovered I wouldn't have enough. I said, Lord, you have to help me. I don't have money. And this 50 is not going to make it. And uh, I prayed about the matter, left it in his hands. I do the same thing now. If I have a need, I do now. The same thing I pray and ask God to supply the need. He never failed one time. Amen. He never has failed once. And I've seen millions given, millions given. And uh, I'd, I'd taken him in prayer and wait. One morning I got out of bed in that little attic room, that little cot up there, and walked over the door, under the door sticking a white envelope. I picked it up and said, that's strange. Somebody put it on my door. Opened the thing up, inside was a dollar bill, a whole dollar. And no address on there, nothing at all. And so I took it and said, well, thank you, Lord. Somebody gave me a dollar. I went down and ate two more hamburgers. I said, this is, this is living. This is living. This is going on. But wait a minute. Every morning I picked up one. Every morning. I think there are 18 mornings I picked up a dollar bill every day. Then I said, now, I need to find out who's doing this so I can thank them. So I put a little trap up beside the door. So if they touch that trap of that door at all, it'll travel, knock over, fall over, and I can get up and see who's putting the money out of the door. I fixed it just right, went to bed, went to sleep. About 2 o'clock in the morning, my trap fell over. I jumped up and jerked it open. At the door stood a little lady, a little short lady of years, had in hand that white envelope. When I jerked it open, she stood there and said, Son, here's your money. If you ever tell a soul, I'll never give you another penny as long as you live. I said, Lady, have no worries. I'll never tell a soul if that's all you want. And she had me that dollar bill. She heard of my church and heard of my need. Her name is Mrs. Barker, the wife of the president of the University of Kentucky, Judge Henry Barker. Judge Barker died after many years of being president of the University of Kentucky. And after his death, she came to Memphis to live with his sister. I never met her. I got the room upstairs, but she checked into me and said, that boy needs help. And began putting that dollar on the door. Wait a minute. I'm simply saying that to say to you that all of these years, God's been putting the money on the door. I've never had a need that hadn't supplied every single time. 
Now you think of that. That shows what God can do. Now you follow him in details of life. Be a tither, young people. And start out that way and stay that way all of your life. And don't vary. And keep on giving and trusting God. And follow him in your tithing. Then follow him in dress and appearance. In dress, be decent. Be, be clean. Be modest. Amen. Be right. Pay no attention to the world outside. Pay no attention to all you dress as you people. God wants people to dress. That's for the young men. That's for the young ladies. Young ladies that dress like young ladies. Amen. Not like men. Amen. You have no part of that at all, young lady. To make up your mind once and for all. Here in school or at home, wherever you are, you're dressing like a lady. Not like a man. And you're going to be neat and to be clean and be decent at what you're doing. You say, well, the world laugh. Let the world laugh at you. That's all right. You go on your way. If you're right, you're right. Now you follow him in the matter of death. Then follow him in helping others. And you want to help people. And daily, if you can, find reason and ways whereby you can help someone else. A friend of yours, a loved one, a neighbor, whatever it may be. But some way you can help somebody. I don't know what it may be, but you seek a way. Follow him. And that's what Jesus would do. huh? And the Savior always helping, always helping us. I read a little old story about the U.S. Highway 30 going east on Laramie, Wyoming. And many years ago, a train ran right along that same line. And up on the side of the hill, a little tree was growing out of a rock. And the fireman on the train made up his mind that every time the train went by, he had taken a bucket of water and threw it on that little tree. And he did. And that went on a long time. And the tree going, growing out of a rock, in the very center of a big rock. But today, that is a tourist attraction. There's a great big tree growing out of that rock. But it all began with one man who was throwing a bucket of water on every time the train went by. God will use your life and will use it in the right way. You follow him in every way and follow him in worship. Follow him in worship. My big motto I've given for years to my people, three to thrive, Amen. it's fine. Three to thrive, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Amen. You haven't finished up when you come to Sunday, you're to be here at Wednesday night prayer meeting. Right. And you're to be in all of time and, and follow him in worship and you'll say, this is it. And you'll find that on great men of God and women of God, there are folks who worship God. I'm reading the story of Robert Louis Stevenson. Had a life of illness, but he had a big job. He showed his, showed his faith in Christ by peacefulness of heart and his worship for God. And that's something you don't find written down of many men. Follow him in worship. Now that's an, all the matter. Follow him in dedication. Follow him in direction. Follow him in details. I'll give you one more. Follow him in desire. Follow Christ. Yes, obey him. And follow him. Do the same things that he did. Yes. I will make you fishers of men. I want you to be a soul hunter. His desire was to save souls. And yours should be the same. To see people saved. And you have a message that will lead them to salvation. Now Christ always seeking people. Zacchaeus. Luke 19. 1-10. And John chapter 3. Nicodemus. And Luke 23, dying, Christ dying on the cross, the thief by his side. Always seeking me. Now follow him. Follow him. And share his compassion. And say, oh God, this I want. Now in my observation of churches around the nation, and I'm in hundreds of them year after year, we're losing something. We're losing compassion. In many cases, we don't care. That's bad. And we're not excited when people get saved. Man alive, when somebody gets saved in church, you'll jump up and down. 
I don't care a little boy, little girl. I don't care if it's seven, eight years old. You ought to get excited. And if an old drunkard gets saved, you ought to just jump up and down and praise God. You see, that's part of it. And that's part of following Him, following Him, and walking in His steps, and you're following in, in, with Him when you're uh, rejoicing in the salvation of people. And you're doing the thing He says. But when you're complacent, when you're critical, when you compromise, you're not following Him. Proverbs 11.30 The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Hundreds of years before Christ, He said that the wise man. He that when his soul said, be a fisherman and say, I want to see people come to Christ. I want to help people to be saved. I want God to use me. And this part of my work, I want to follow him in this desire, desire for the salvation of others. I've got something. I want them to have the same thing. And God can speak through you and will use you to witness to people around you and to tell them of Christ. Now follow him. Walk with him in the sunshine or the shadows. Walk with him in illness or affliction. Walk with him in poverty or plenty. Can you hear his voice? He said, come, follow me. If you'll follow Christ, it'll keep you from 10,000 troubles. Amen. If you follow Christ, you'll be saved from 10,000 things that would trip you and drag you down and make you lower than you ever thought you could be. But when you follow him, you're walking with the king. Amen. I walk with the king. Hallelujah. Amen. I walk with the king. Praise his name. He said, come and follow me. How simple. I'm going to make up a mind today, on this special day in your church, at this time, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to walk with him every day. I don't want to be fearful. I don't want to fear the, the, the casket in the grave. I want to look up to the Lord. He may come today. He can come at any time. I will come again. And I'm going to follow him and walk with him all the time. Now can you hear his voice? He's saying to all of us here this morning, follow me, follow me. And I will say, yes, Lord, I'll follow you. I'll make up my mind now, no matter what people say, no matter how I feel, I'm going to follow him. And when I follow him, I'm going the right direction. I'll have the right desires. I'll have the right motive for my service when I follow him. When I think of Christ, I observe what he did in the word of God given to us. And I'm going to walk with him and talk with him. And know that he is with me in every hour. And you can know that. You can rejoice in that. And praise God for it. You walk after him. You're not walking alone. He's with you. You're never alone. He's with you. That's beautiful. He's not with you when you leave him. He's not with you when you jump out here and take a job for more money or for more fame and fortune. He's with you when you say, yes, Lord. No matter what happens, I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want your fellowship. I want your presence with me every single moment of the night and day. I don't want to walk alone. I'm scared. I don't want to walk alone. I want to feel that I have him with me and that I'm with him in every hour. You young people of the school, ask every moment, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? That'll straighten out a lot of problems, won't it? Yes, sir. And in the church, the same way. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? I'm going to follow him. I'm going to walk after him. I want to feel his presence with me and his guiding hand upon me and to lead me every step of the way. He knows what I should do. He knows where I should go. And when I say, Father, your will be done, he knows exactly what his will is. He knows what it is. And I've got to know it too. 
I can know that by my own heart when I'm right with God. There's a peace that comes when you're in the will of God. I can know that and rejoice in it. Let me illustrate. I took a little trip with Dr. Faulkner in the West Indies, and we had a good time. I preached in every island. He led the singing. We had a wonderful time going around. Came to the little island of, of Nevis, and uh, we got on there, and uh, going to change planes and go to another place, and uh, discover that the plane was not going, and we had to wait there. And uh, we were stuck there for a while, and then we we're sitting there waiting, and then the uh, man at the clerk of the desk of a little counter on that little island, he called me over and said, uh, the mystery said, before you leave the island, you had to be vaccinated. Well, I said, I've already been vaccinated. He said, well, that won't do. You've got to have another one. Well, I said, no, I don't want one. He said, yeah, you'll have to get it or you don't leave the island. We won't let you off. And I said, well, if that's so true, if that's the way it is, I'll just get one. But I don't want one. I've got one already. I've got a good one as far as I know. And, uh, but he said, no, it wouldn't work. And I said, well, where'd I get it? He, with a quick word, he said, up the hill, pointing that little green shack up on the side of the hill. He said, the doctor up there will vaccinate you. And I said, well, that's it. So I walked up there. And I got up there and... Uh, and uh, I knocked on the door. A little dirty man came to the door. And I said, do you the doctor? He said, yeah. I said, send me up here to be vaccinated. He said, good, come on in and sit down. I came in and sat down in the little dirty room, nothing there, a shack. And he went out in the next room and came back. Well, I can't vaccinate you. I said, what's wrong? I came to find my needle. Oh. I said, well, that's bad. He said, no, no trouble at all. He said, give me that paper. And the, they'd give me a paper from the airport to be filled out, you know, by the doctor. He knew all about that. He knew the whole thing. He signed that paper. I said, sir, you're in fact. He said, I know it is, but take it back. They'll take it. I went back and I put it on the counter. I said, uh, this fellow didn't vaccinate me today. There, he signed the paper. Said it. And the clerk said, that's okay. Did you pay him? I said, yes, I paid him. They were in cahoots. They were sharing the money. And we were stuck. And Brother Faulkner and I walked around. And uh, we were so troubled. Stationed on a place like that, nothing to do, couldn't find a thing. And we uh, walked on the shore of that little island of St. Kitts and looked out over the water. And out there some distance away, we could see the outline of a little land, an island. And we checked into it. And they said, that's the island of Nevis. Well, I'd never heard of the island before. The little island of Nevis. And Brother Paul and I got talking. He said, you know what, we can get out there. They never had a missionary there. Maybe had no church there. We could preach to them. Have a great time. Got a whole night to spend here. We have got a thing to do until the next plane comes. This little island. And let's get out. We found a boat. Had a man take us out. Paid him. And got on a little island of, uh, uh, of Nevis uh, on the, uh, in the West Indies. Uh, we were on St. Kitts. Excuse me, and the island was the island of Nevis where we went to. And got on there. And we found on the island all black people. And... Uh, didn't see any white people at all. They lived in little shacks. They were there to farm certain plantations on a little island for big people who lived somewhere else. And, and uh, we said, we got a church, no church, not a church on the whole place, not one, not one. And we found a big old barn, and we got and put some boards in there and a few chairs and so forth. We announced a meeting, and brother, that night they came. I mean, they were there. They had no place else to go. So they packed the building. And Brother Faulkner got to lead the singing. You know, he's a song leader. And he got to lead the singing. Amazing grace, how sweet this is. They couldn't even sing anything. They didn't know the song. Didn't even know it. And, uh, and he said, how is it, Brother Robertson? They can't sing, and I can't lead them. And we don't have a piano, anything to play with here. And he said, you go ahead. So I got up. And uh, I got up and uh, going to do a little preaching. And help a little bit if I could. And uh, I was trying to talk about having faith in God. And about trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, lead, the Lord leading us along the way. And 
I saw they didn't see that. They were not getting it all. So I pointed out a little black boy sitting there, just little black dirty shorts on, nothing else. I said, son, come up here. And I said, I want to show you how God leads us. And uh, I took a little boy with the hand, led him across the platform. And they looked at it, and finally they saw what it was, and they began clapping their hands. They saw the whole thing. And I patted a little boy on the hand and got a dollar bill and gave it to him. And he walked down front and held that dollar bill through the whole shirt. They watched that dollar bill for the rest of the hour. And uh, I went on preaching. And that thing got next to me, and I liked that. And I went away, and we came back home. I've been home a little while when I came to the church in Olney, Illinois. Some of you have been there. And I was preaching at Olney. I decided to tell that story about the little boy in the West Indies. And I came up on the platform, I laid him along, gave, gave him a dollar bill and so forth. I thought, I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'll just do the same thing here again. And down the front row, building was full of people, men and boys sitting in front. A little fellow sat there dressed in a nice suit of clothes and said, son, come up here. You know what he did? Nothing. I said, son, come up here. He sat there. He did nothing. Then he started to cry. I thought, boy, I'm going to have a hard time getting out of this one. And a little fellow crying. And I said, I tried again, nothing happened. Man sitting by his side, I said, sir, who are you? He said, I'm the boy's father, and he wasn't happy. I'd made his boy cry. I said, daddy, do me a favor. Take your little boy with the hand, bring him up on the platform. Now I saw that father reach down, take a little boy with the hand, the little boy was crying. That's a symbol of this world, right? A terrible world we live in. He took the boy with the hand, brought him up on the platform. I said, father, lead him across the platform. He led him across. Big father, whole little boy, little boy about five years old, with a hand, a couple of times. I said, thank you, sir. That does it. God bless you. And it went back. My story in the in, in Albany, Illinois, is 10,000 times better than the West Indies. In the West Indies, I was a stranger holding a boy with a hand. In this illustration here in Albany, the father was holding his hand. And to you, dear friend, as we follow him, the Lord is with us. Amen. God will have his hand on you. Now remember, if you obey him, his hand will be upon you. And you can follow him. And God will give you blessings and give you joy every step of the way. Let God have his way. Has God called you to preach? Then preach. God called you to be a missionary? Then be a missionary. God called you to give a certain offering to the Lord? Give it. If God speaks to you about anything in the world, whatever it may be, witness down the street and knocking on doors, you do what God says. He said, follow me. Follow me, follow me, follow me. You follow the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knbbc.com for Christian music you can trust.